You are listening to the Inspire Her podcast. My name is Farron, and I'm so excited to bring in some inspiration, some amazing guests, and give you the tools you need to live your best life. Let's learn from each other, let's support each other, and let's inspire her. everyone. Welcome back to the Inspire Her podcast. I am so excited for this podcast. I'm so excited to be interviewing a friend and someone that I basically see every single day on through Zoom and online and the internet. And it's kind of crazy how our stories, you know, kind of connected and how we came together. But I am going to be interviewing and bringing on Crystal Wilkinson. And I'm so excited because about maybe about a year ago, you know, we were in this fitness group together and we were in there and we didn't even know each other. Um, you know, we're just kind of supporting each other through our journeys. And in that group, she, during that time, she finds out that she has breast cancer and, you know, and it, and it hit me so hard because it was, you know, someone in our group, someone that I see every single day, someone that I talk to, someone that I comment on, someone that I support through their journey. And, you know, immediately, okay, what can we do? What can we do? And so we did a walk for Krista and we all wore, you know, you know, pink for her and everybody on the team and everyone that didn't even know her, we all showed up for her. And then, you know, here it was, I mean, maybe a year later or something, she ends up joining in my next group and she's healthy and she's beating cancer. And, you know, I always think back to that because, you know, it's just so awesome that, you know, to not know her, to support this. And then here she is joining in and now she's inspiring others. And today she's coming on to tell her story, kind of her breast cancer story and, you know, different tips and different things for you. So I really challenge you to share this with other people and maybe, you know, someone who's gone through breast cancer or just any woman to really listen to this. Um, Because the reason why I thought now is such a good time to share this is because October, every October, we celebrate breast cancer, celebrate, we honor it, we, you know, honor those, you know, we remember those who have gone through it, we support each other, we wear pink, we wear the bracelets, we fundraise, you know, we cry together, we do all the things, and then October ends, and then what? Like, what happens, you know, and 11 other months out of the year, not that we forget, but then maybe we don't always put all the support or recognize the people going through this, and it's crazy because this morning my husband just asked me, you know, what month is breast cancer month? Is it October? And he said, oh, well, you're doing this podcast now and it's obviously past October. And I said, you know, I think it's important because I think we need to share with other women, inspire other women and talk to them that, you know, supporting a woman and sometimes man disease that we can do it. We can support throughout the whole year. And so I'm so excited. Uh, Krista, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. And I just appreciate how you're saying that, um, you know, throughout the whole year, you can support each other. And, um, you know, cancer is not a one month thing. It's not a one year thing, unfortunately. Um, my treatments took um, about 10 months, but, you know, there's still things I'm dealing with from it. So um, people who who end up having cancer and fighting cancer and, you know, even beating cancer, um, it doesn't actually end when their treatments end. It's something that um, they are dealing with for the rest of their lives. So, Well, I would love it if you share your 
how you like how you found it because it's it was kind of like by accident absolutely um and it was really eye-opening for me and whenever I tell people my story they're like wait what um so I think it's important for for people to hear this um so actually uh June 13th of 2018 I had a yearly physical and you know I they did blood work and I talked to my doctor and I walked out of there and she said you are the picture of health and I was like oh great yay I'm doing so good you know <laughs> um and then my husband and I, we were moving into a new house and um, I was packing up and on June 22nd, so only what, nine days later after my physical where I was the picture of health, I am um, I'm lifting a box from a shelf in my basement and I kind of used my chest as support. And as soon as the weight of the box like hit my chest, I thought, huh, something is not right. And literally like right there in my basement, I put the box down, I start feeling my breasts, I end up taking off my shirt, I give myself a full exam. Now, I had not had a breast exam or given myself a breast exam since the September prior. So September of 2017, I turned 40, I had my OBG appointment, I had a mammogram in October that came back totally normal. And here we are in June and there was a I mean, to me, it felt like a rock, like a huge rock in my, my breast. And, um, I walked upstairs. I said to my husband, you got to feel this. Um, I pushed his hand like a specific way. And he was like, oh my God, like I, how have I not felt that before? That is noticeable. And I said, I know it's really terrifying. Um, it was, it was a Friday night you know, of course, can't call the doctor right then. So I do this quick like Google search and it says, oh, 80% of lumps people find themselves are benign. So we kind of say, okay, let's not worry about this until we have to worry about this. Let's just, you know, think about you, you don't have a family history of breast cancer. You just had a mammogram a couple months ago. It showed up nothing. So hopefully this is just like a cyst or something that we don't have to worry about. Monday morning, my mom calls me at like 8.30. She says, have you called the doctor yet? No, okay, I'm getting off the phone. I call the doctor. I get an appointment to see that doctor on Tuesday. I go in, it's the doctor that um, actually delivered my daughter that I'm seeing and I'm trying to show her pictures of my daughter and she's like totally distracted and that's not really her, but she looks at me and she's just like, um, this didn't show up in your mammogram. This is really big, which means it's fast growing. Um, give me a second. I'm going to go try to get you in for a follow-up, another mammogram, maybe an ultrasound, whatever. And, um, she left the door of the, um, exam room open and I hear her talking to the nurse or receptionist who is calling to try to get me an appointment. And she's just like, Nope, that's not good enough. It needs to happen sooner. Nope. That's not good enough. It needs to happen sooner. And she comes in and she's like, I want you to go right now. She goes, these advanced radiologists didn't have um, an appointment for you. So I'm sending you straight to this breast surgeon and he's going to like kind of sneak you into the radiology. And that's kind of when I was like, oh, this could really be something. This is really um, happening. And my husband is actually sending me texts because the movers were bringing our stuff in. And he's like, where do you want the cedar chest? And I respond back like, my doctor says 
said the word cancer, I, I can't think about that right now. I don't really care where anything goes, just I don't even know how to think or feel. Um, she handed me a post-it note that had like the breast surgeon's name and a room number. And she's telling me where to go. And I'm like, I don't, I don't even remember like processing that. I walked out of her office and I just like burst into tears. I called my mom. I said, mom, I'm supposed to go to this guy's office. I don't even know where it is. I don't know what I'm doing. How am I going to drive myself there? I like, I think I have cancer. She's like, hold on, Krista, just go get like, We'll look online for his name. I found his office. I get there. I walk in. His receptionist looks at me and she goes, you must be Dr. Zern's patient. I said, uh-huh. She's like, okay. She gives me a big hug, which was so like relieving at the time. Walks me over. I go into the advanced radiology. They do my mammogram and the mammogram technician says, what are you doing here? I said, I found a lump. Oh, you can feel your lump? I was like, yeah, I can feel my lump. And then she says, you know, can I feel it? Where is it? The, mind you, this is after she's already taken images of me. She puts like a, some kind of indication right where the lump is. And then she takes all these other images and she takes all these other images. And I'm like, okay, why are we taking so many images? I didn't realize how many you needed or whatever. Well, turns out when I talked to the breast surgeon, they never even saw the cancer on the mammogram, even after I had it they didn't see it. What? So, so this yep. is the second, this is your mammogram that you did and they still didn't see it. Right. So oh. I, have, I mean, I have this huge, this lump, this four centimeter lump. It is, um, which sounds small when you think about what four centimeters is, but it felt so big, but yeah, they did. They couldn't see it. Um, I ended up getting an ultrasound after the ultrasound. I went in to talk to the breast surgeon and he said, well, it didn't show up on your mammogram. So from your mammogram, when you had it, when you turned 40, we don't know, you know, if it was there or not. Um, but it showed up via ultrasound and self-check. And um, ultimately I had an MRI to show everything that was happening. But um, that was the thing that really was eye-opening to me and really scary. So I was like, oh, I'm, I'm having, I had a mammogram, everything's fine. Well, you know, I'm now trying to really advocate for women to, to do their self-checks because, and I think a lot of people have this mindset of like, oh, I'm not even going to know what to feel for. But let me tell you, I definitely, definitely knew that this was not something normal in my breast. Um, so even if you think you don't know what to feel for, do your self-checks because had I not accidentally put a box on my chest and figured this out, I'm not sure you know, what would have happened. Frankly. Okay. So what is, do you know this, the, when is the best time for a self-check? Is it, I know like, so I am just honestly so confused when they're like, I never know. Is it after my period? Is it before my period? When does this happen? You know what, Farron? Honestly, I don't know the answer to that because, um, because of chemo, I actually am in menopause, so I don't have my periods anymore, so that's not something I have thought about. I just kind of try to do it um, consistently, and I think from what I know, um, just doing it consistently around the same time every month, because even as your breast changes, as you have, you know, your hormones change throughout your cycle. If you're doing it always after your period, your breast should feel similar. Oh my sense? gosh. Okay. So I Googled it real quick. Um, it says the best time to do a monthly self 
breast exam is about three to five days after your period, same time every month. So exactly what you said. Perfect. Yeah. You are, you're so smart. <laughs> well, I was thinking that, you know, I was thinking I had read that before, but it's not something I've thought about because I haven't had a period since um, August of 2018, actually, which oh, wow. some, people, some people are like, oh, that's so awesome. I will tell you, no, not awesome. It's one of these other lovely things that cancer has given me, but there's a lot that goes into being in menopause, especially when you're in early menopause. And um, I would much prefer to be going through my regular um, lifestyle and cycles. Yeah. Okay. So you, so you find out, you go to the breast surgeon um, and then was it like a whirlwind of things? After um, that? It was like doctor's appointment after doctor's appointment. It was a little bit crazy because we actually were leaving on vacation like a couple of days after I found out it was cancer. And um, it actually was a really nice vacation because I was spent some time with my family. Um, and I was able to sort of like process it all before the craziness started. I was at the beach and just like was really getting in touch with, um, doing a lot of prayer. And, um, I, it, that week after I found out I had cancer, I really felt like God was like telling me it's going to be okay. Um, and, and then it was kind of perfect. Cause I really got to be in a better headspace. And then yes, it's like doctor's appointment, doctor's appointment, less than a month after finding out I started chemo. I did five months of chemo. I had surgery. I had radiation. Um, I had a second surgery. And then, um, you know, about 10 months later, I was done with treatments. So, um, and okay. that's a lot. You mean you're like moving in, <laughs> you're moving, going on vacation and breast cancer all at the same time. Yes. And you know what? At first it was like, I can't believe the timing of this. This is awful. Like, why is it this time? Well, actually, I think looking back now, it was kind of great because I just had to keep putting one foot in front of the other. It was like, okay, you've got to like finish packing this house. You've got to clean this house to get ready for closing. You've got to just, you just have, you got to pack for the vacation. You just have to put one foot in front of the other and keep going. Because really, I think hearing that um, news that you have cancer could just make you curl up into a ball and be like, nope, I'm done. How am I going to deal with this? And, you know, I did say something about, um, I really saw the signs that God was there for me. And um, I have to tell this little story that I'm on the phone with the breast surgeon when he's telling me you have cancer. And he says, get a, get a notebook. You're going to need to write some stuff down. And we had moved into the new house that day. I know you just moved. So like, you know, there's boxes yeah. everywhere. You're like, where am I finding a notebook? Where I know <laughs> you're writing it on a box. Well, no. Let me tell you this, Farron. I walk into the office because I think if I'm going to find paper and a pen, the office box, I open up the box. Literally on the top of the box is my prayer journal with a pen attached. Now, this is a prayer journal I had not, I had only written in one time as of that moment. And um, it had been a couple months prior, honestly. Life was crazy trying to sell the house, et cetera. I open up the prayer journal on one page is what I wrote, which was basically like, bring your worries to God. On the next page is a verse. And that verse has kind of become my, it was God talking to me. I know it was like, it says, 
Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. You find out you have cancer, you open up a book and you see that verse. And it was like, I just got this feeling like, okay, this is going to be okay. Yeah. That this, is I mean, one of the chances of that. Like, isn't it amazing how things happen like that? Yeah. I mean, it like literally just provided me this like calm. I was like, okay, this is going to be okay. I'm going to be able to face this. And you know, something that's really strange that I've said to people and they, um, I don't know that people really understand when I say this is I'm actually like really grateful that I, that I went through this journey. Like I am actually really grateful that I got cancer and I had to, you know, have this challenge to overcome because it has taught me so much about myself. It has taught me so much about what I want out of life and I wouldn't want to have not had those lessons. I mean, I would, I would love to, to not have dealt with all, you know, like the medical stuff and feel the, some of the feelings and not have dealt with, um, the, the loss of your carefree life. Because honestly, once you hear you have cancer, anything like you get a headache and you think, oh crap, did it, you know, is it back? Some, you know, so it's, you kind of have this, like, you no longer have this like real carefree existence that, oh, it's not going to happen to me. I'm, you know, I'm young and healthy and strong, whatever, but, but there are so many things I learned about myself and I am such a better person and more self-aware and really know like life is short. And I used to be a girl that sweated the small stuff. I mean, I let things bother me. I let people's judgments, um, really change my life. And now I'm unapologetically living the life that I want to live and doing the things that um, are important to me and not worrying what other people think. And, you know, realizing I want to surround myself with people who are uplifting and nourishing and who are going to support me, um, which is so awesome that I, you know, have um, found our group. Um, and I'm taking the time to work on myself and to work on, you know, like I've done so much personal development and self-care and um, getting healthy and fit. And I know that I'm strong and I can kind of face whatever life throws at me at this point. So. I love this. I love this so much. It, you know, it makes me, it so sounds sad, but it makes me think of that Tim McGraw song, like live like you were dying, you know, like just, yeah. I always, I always cry when I hear that song because, you know, it's like, gosh, what things do we not do? You know, we don't live in a way, you know, we, we live like we're promised, you know, a million more days, you know, and you like completely changed who you were like, you know, putting yourself first and being healthy. And, you know, I think that's amazing. Yeah. You know, I mean, especially as moms, we all think that, um, you know, you need to do for everyone else and you do, but there is definitely a time where you need to, you need to take care of yourself. And if you don't take care of yourself, you're not going to be able to be good for them. Right. And even though we think like, oh, we can't give ourselves that 30 minutes, like our kids need us in that 30 minutes. No, no, they're going to be okay for 30 minutes. Or if they watch a little more TV or play a little more video games for 30 minutes while you're, 
you know, working out or doing your meditation or doing your prayer or whatever it is that, you know, is self-care to you, they're going to be okay. Yeah. And I think you're teaching your children something so powerful by them watching you put yourself first, you know? Mm-hmm. We're not really teaching our kids anything when you constantly, you know, are doing things for them, but you don't love who you are or you don't take care of yourself. That's right. not doing a darn thing. Um, okay, so something, and one of the reasons why I was so excited to interview Krista, um, one, I just love her. She's like, you know, I highly suggest following her and just following her journey and just, you know, she's such a sweet person in general. Um, but also, we did a morning workout one Saturday and every, every Saturday we do these live workouts and someone talks and her story spoke to me. There's something that she said that hit me so hard. And she was talking about our accountability groups and joining in and, um, and then brought up cancer. And, you know, I never know, like, do people want to talk about what they've been through? And she, you know, just selflessly talked about her story, but then said something so powerful and said, cancer is lonely. And, and that's what made me, it hit me because it's like, gosh, how many people do we know that go through things and you don't know what to do? Um, and actually, you know, one of my son, my son's friend has leukemia and my, and it's great. This is all kind of coming up at the same time. And my, so he has leukemia and, and she, his mom sent me a message and said, Farron, so many people have been asking, what can I do? And she was like, but you just do like, you just do it because we've been taking that. We brought them food. We, you know, we, we set up a meal train for their family. We, you know, send messages, like we send things. What can we do? And we bought like goodie bags. We bought them homeschooling things. And, you know, we just, and we're, my family and I are constantly thinking like, okay, we don't ask what we can do. We, we do say it, but we just, okay, what would I want? you know, and that made me think when Krista said, you know, cancer is lonely. It's like, there's probably a million people out there. I, I, I truly feel that everyone has good in their heart and people want to do things. They just don't know what to do or they don't know that they just can do. So mm-hmm. do you talk about that. Like you said, cancer is lonely. What does that mean for you? Well, yeah, you know, it's, it's just like an isolating disease because I think that, um, you hear you have cancer and it's like, wow, it's like heavy. And then you, you tell people you have cancer and you like watch their face or you see their reactions and you really get like a whole gamut of reactions. And, um, you know, some people step up in ways that you're just like, wow, this person really gets it. And I think that's a lot of the people I know. Like I had a friend who actually had cancer and we were, close, but throughout my cancer journey, we got so much closer because she had had her own journey. So she just like knew what to do, you know, but you don't have to know what to do in order to like help someone and support someone that goes through it. I think the biggest thing for me at least is just being, be like normal. If you used to, if you usually call the person, call the person and, you know, don't, be afraid to talk about it. So many people who are like, Oh, I can't tell you like my bad stuff. Cause you've got such a, such a bad thing going on right now. And you're like, but I'm still here and you're still my friend and I still want to support you. And even though, you know, you think your thing that you're going through is so diminished compared to cancer. Um, 
it's not. I just want to feel normal. I want to, I don't want like you, when you find out you have cancer, like you think about it every stinking second. It's like there in your, it's in the foreground of everything. So sometimes it's just nice to like talk to a friend and hear that they, you know, are having a fight with their kid or, you know, are struggling with whatever their, their diet or whatever. And you just are like, Oh, let's talk about that for a few minutes. So I don't have to think about cancer, you know, um, or just saying, Hey, you want to go shopping? You want to grab lunch? I mean, I still wanted to do things. And I think some people were afraid, like, didn't invite me to do stuff anymore. Cause they're like, Oh, she's tired or she's dealing with this. Or, you know, people are afraid to call you because they're like, Oh, I thought maybe you'd be sleeping. Well, no, I was really lucky during some of my treatment. I didn't actually, and that was, that's one thing that was really weird about it was I didn't feel sick. And during some of my treatment, I didn't feel sick. So I was just like, okay, I'm sitting at home, you know, because I just had chemo, but I don't feel bad. I could go out and do stuff, but I don't think some people don't want to like impose. So they don't think that you want to do that, but I still want to live my life, you know? Um, Also just asking, you know, do you mind talking about it? Do you want to talk about it? Um, because sometimes you do want to talk to people and, you know, you want to, you want to process it with people. Um, I think that, you know, the other thing that some sometimes happens is someone actually said to me like, oh, your treatments are over. Oh, you're done with cancer. You've moved past that. And I was like, oh okay, well, frankly, while you're going through the treatments for it, it's like a whirlwind of stuff and you don't always get the time to process it. So after you're done is when you're really processing like all of the things that you went through and you're like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe like I just spent 10 months, you know, in chemo. I lost my hair. I like, and now there aren't those constant doctor's appointments and things. So you're, that's when you finally have time to. So it, it's nice to talk to people then. Um, I think, you know, I actually am in a support group with other people going through cancer treatments right now. And a lot of people who, who are a couple of years out of treatment, but we all still come together because those people really understand and it's like easy to talk to them about things. But I think just because you don't, you know, if you haven't gone through, you have just have a friend who is going through it, just being there for them, asking them if they mind talking about it or if they want to talk about it. Um, I do think, you know, some people, like you said, you just are doing for your son's friend's family, which is awesome. Um, some people do say like, how can I help? What, you know, and it, it puts the onus more back on the the person who's going through it. And they're like, I don't know what to, I don't want to say like, come over and do my laundry, you know? So maybe just offering those things, you know, offering to bring a meal, offering to just come sit. Um, I had a friend who actually offered to come teach me, um, how to crochet. And it was awesome because I, it was something I could do that wasn't like super intense and it just kept me busy and that was really fun. Um, so I just think just being there for each other and trying to make 
this person feel as normal as possible. Just hanging out with each other is, um, is really nice and really supportive and helpful. Um, I love that you said all this because, you know, for me being someone who hasn't gone through that, I think, you know, it's, it's weird. We get this, like, we are like nervous to talk about things, you know, we don't know what the other person wants and, you know, and it's, so it's easier. I think just our human thing is just easier to like avoid it, you know, or just, Mm-hmm. You know, or just not, oh, not that you don't want to because you love that person, but you're like, oh, it's just easier not to talk about because I don't know, you, when you don't know how to talk about something, it's easier for people just to not. So they just kind of retreat back or like, I don't even know what to do or they feel sad. So I'm glad that you touched on this because, you know, um, just treating someone normal. I remember I heard a girl talk about, um, especially, you know, like during all that we're going through right now in 2020. And they're like, how do you talk to people? How do you, how do you do this? And, you know, especially in business and in life. And she said that her family went through the hurricane. Um, they lived in, um, Louisiana and she said that her family, and she said the worst thing is when people treated us differently. Like we lost, they lost everything. And she's like, when people treat you differently, you feel different you know, and sometimes you just need to feel normal. So I feel like, you know, people just inviting you to things, you know, is a good tip because I think I would be nervous, like, oh, she's not going to want to come or it's going to, if she can't come, it's going to make her feel bad. But you're saying it's the opposite. Right. It's, yeah, it's like, you just want to feel normal. And if you can't come, then you say you can't come. Or if you, you know, there were times where, yeah, I had, like, I went, I remember I went shopping with a friend. We went to this like Christmas market and, um, I, I got really tired after like 30 minutes and I said, I'm so sorry. I, I need to go home now, but I'm so grateful that we just got out and I got to feel just like Krista instead of like cancer patient for, you know, even that half an hour. Um, so yeah, they'll, I think at least for me, I would be willing to say when I couldn't do it, but, um, but it's just nice to like be invited and be included in things um, and just being treated like you normally would, you know? Right. Well, what, um, what advice would you give to somebody who is just going through cancer? Because you're, you're, I mean, you're on the other side of it as in, I mean, you're, you're not all the way. What, what status, where are you right now, actually? Um, well, I finished all of my treatments about a year and a half ago. So now I'm, I'm just going through follow-up. So I, I go every six months, um, to see my oncologist and six months to see my breast surgeon and, um, to see the radiation oncologist. So we kind of like, I go about once a quarter to those people. So like they alternate different times. So I'm kind of being followed throughout the whole year. And I have MRIs and mammograms alternating. Um, and you know, as far as, um, we know right now I have no evidence of disease, which is, um, the best possible scenario. Yeah. So I will say if you're going through this or you just found out you had cancer, like it's so big. And, and you can't even imagine like a moment where you wouldn't even th- that you wouldn't think about it. And it's so overwhelming, but someone had told me like, at some point it's going to be in the rear view mirror. You might still see it, 
but it's going to be in the rearview mirror. And I, I remember when they told me that, I think it was like just, you know, a, maybe a month or two into treatment. And I was like, oh, I can't even imagine there being a day where it's in the rearview mirror. And now I definitely feel like it. There are days that I don't think about it at all. There are days that it shocks me when I remember like the other day I was looking through videos and I was watching this video. It was my two kids. And then it must've been my husband videotaping and he, the camera panned towards me and I was bald. Like, and it just totally took me aback. I was like, Oh gosh, I haven't really thought about that in, you know, a little bit. I haven't, I haven't had to think about that because I've been now like living my best life, you know? So, um, my kind of advice, for people that are going through this is live your life unapologetically, you know, focus on doing you turn to God and look for his signs because they are there. And, um, I really feel like I could have lost my faith through this journey, but, um, I became so much closer to God through this journey surround yourself with people who are going to be uplifting and nourishing um, and positive for you. And then, you know, work, use the time to work on yourself. If there was ever a time to be selfish when you're going through cancer treatments is the time to make sure you're focusing on your self-care and you're, you know, focusing on developing those things that you want and, um, now, you know, maybe during the cancer, it's hard to focus on your health and your fitness. Um, but it is helpful to, to move your body. I, I did a lot of yoga during cancer and that was like during my treatments. And, um, that was super helpful for a lot of the, um, the side effects for me. Um, and, you know, just know that you'll get through it and you'll, you'll step up to the plate and, you're so much stronger than you can give yourself credit for. Um, and someday it'll be in the rear view and you'll be able to move on and live your life, the best life you, you can. Oh, I love everything, everything, literally everything you've said. <laughs> um, you know, it is really inspiring. I think it's really inspiring to hear you say, I'll like, you know, just choose. And it just sounds like you just chose joy, you know, and to see the positive and, um, you know, before we get off, you know, you sa you've said a couple times, you know, really choosing to hang out with people, um, you know, that uplifted you. Did you find ever in your, you know, during this time that you kind of, you know, put a couple people to the curb? Um, I, I, that sounds awful. I know. <laughs> like, um, let me, no. um, you know, frankly, some relationships have changed for me and, um, be it circumstantial or, um, you know, I will say there are, there are people that I choose not to call and reach out to a lot, but more, more than like thinking about that. I just try now when I'm like, Oh, I want to talk to someone. I choose those people that, um, I choose those people that I do spend my time with and I do talk to often more, not more carefully, but there, you know, like those are the people that I want to turn to. I want to open up to, I want, you know, if I'm just going to like send a text to somebody, 
it's going to be, you know, people that, um, I feel like are my more uplifting and supportive, um, and positive friends. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. You need that. Absolutely. Well, Krista, I feel like this is so inspiring and I feel like someone is going to hear this and just, you know, here to keep going or, you know, or I think this is good for every, literally every woman to hear, you know, to, you know, it's not just about October, but check on your people, you know, and, and see how they're doing. And, and, and I think a big thing too, is how you said, you know, cancer, it's not just, you know, when someone said, oh, you're out of it now, you know, like there's still a long road, you know, you still need the support after. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, there's all like it, there's lingering side effects, there's lingering mental effects. Um, and frankly, like, you know, for the rest of my life, I'm going to be followed by doctors. I'm going to have this in the back of my mind, but, um, yeah, but the other thing is, you know, I'm trying now to focus, you said like on the positive, on living a joyful life. And I finally feel like now I'm feel like ready to move on and try to, um, become more of an advocate. Um, and, I'm, I'm trying, you know, to make sure I'm advocating for people to do their breast self checks and something that has been on my mind a lot is, you know, the fact that I did go to a, a primary care doctor for a physical just nine days before I found my lump and we didn't do a breast exam. So I don't know why that, you know, why is that? Why, why does your primary care doctor not, not do that for you too? Because not every woman is going to their OBGs or gynecologists like every, um, every year now there, some, some people they're telling you to wait three years in between. So if you're not self-checking and your primary physical, you know, when you have your physical is not happening, um, you know, I bet there are some people that are only checking when they go to their, their OBG. So. Yeah. It's an, I'll say Krista has been amazing, um, in all of our accountability groups and online, just really sharing and selflessly sharing her story and reminding people to, you know, to self check. And I think it's like the, one of those things where your doctor always tells you, and then you're just like, yeah, yeah, I will. And then, I mean, how many other 1 million other things do we put off? you know, and, and so it's like, you do need a reminder to do it. So yeah, yeah I, I was, I was like, Oh, I had a mammogram. I'm fine. I don't have any history. And, um, you know, breast cancer. So it's, I don't know. I'm really blessed and lucky that, you know, fi I found it accidentally. I think my husband and I looked for houses for three years and we finally found this house that we loved. And, um, I think it was like, you know, the right timing because had I not been moving, I don't know when I would have, you know, found this. So, well, I am so thankful for you to share your story. And I know that your story is going to inspire another woman during her treatment or another woman to help another person going through this, um, or just, you know, just to hear about it and hear how you kept going. I think that's the most inspiring of all is that you know, even during a dark time and a hard time, you chose to see the positive, chose joy and chose to keep going. And now you're like the healthiest. I mean, you know, you're, you're super strong, you know, you're an amazing mom, you're amazing wife. I mean, 
you're really inspiring to so many people. And I think this podcast is really going to help people. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful that you asked me to be, to join you today. Yes. So if someone wanted to follow you or ask you more questions, where can they find you? Um, mostly I'm on Facebook, um, Krista Stiltz Wilkinson. Um, but I did recently start an Instagram because I, um, I was told by my daughter I needed to, you know, <laughs> expand my social media presence. Aww. So, um, yeah, she's a preteen, so, you know, she's, um, she knows. she's gonna help me, you know, um, she's like, you need, she wants to get me on TikTok too, so we'll see. Oh, um, Okay. Um, she's got better dance moves than I do. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so funny. I want to see that. Um, so I have, um, Krista Stiltz Wilkinson on Facebook and then I have Krista B B E E fit on Instagram. That's my nickname for my family is Krista B. So. All right. Oh, that's perfect. Okay. So we will all follow you and Krista, thank you again so much for being on this podcast. You are a true inspiration. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Inspire Her podcast. Make sure you share it with your friends. Tag me on Instagram, Insta Stories, or Facebook, and let's inspire her together.